Hey everybody, welcome to the Follow Podcast, episode seven. We're about to have an honest and open conversation for people who are actively learning to live like Jesus. We're in the middle of season two, Authentic Conversations, and I am Matt Smith. It's great to be here with you and with Pastor Keith Smith. Great to have you back. Good to be back. And uh, we are coming out of a weekend at our church, One Church CO, where we just celebrated our 66th, that's hard to say for me, 66th anniversary. And uh, we, you, you shared with us a talk, um, uh, a history worth repeating. And now we're a movement that is connected to the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. That's the, the, the movement we're part of. And so we, we care about this language of Pentecost and what happens in the, in the book of Acts where the early church was born. And uh, so that's going to be part of our conversation today. We're actually going to pick up a lot where we were last week with Pastor Jessica and about listening to the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, also I, listening to this weekend, there's a few stories and, and questions that I have that just come out of your own personal experience. So mm-hmm. you said earlier, we, we were doing the math, 46 years of being in church leadership. That's that's a lot of experience. So yeah, I must have started when I was very very young, right? Yeah, everyone who's really old says that. But uh. yeah. oh, <laughs> turn, you turned that one on me, didn't you? Um, but it, uh, I actually want to start with something, just kind of a personal note. And and I didn't, I don't know if uh, if if anything comes of this. If not, we could just keep keep rolling. But um, uh, you you mentioned on the weekend Bob Mercer. Yeah. Bob Mercer is the founding pastor of our church, One Church T.O. And up until his final days uh, here on earth, he was actually attending this church. Yeah, I did his homegoing celebration. I led it, yeah. And uh, I met him a few times. And what a sweet guy. Mm-hmm. What a, a humble humble man. Mm-hmm. And uh, But a beautiful spirit. What, what are one or two things that you just are so grateful for in Bob Mercer? Well, number one... Uh, it, it was it's so unusual. Someone came and asked me, but at the end of the weekend service, they said, a, a former pastor attending the church? Yeah. You know? Because, uh, I mean, it's etiquette that you back off and you give the new leader space right. to uh, get to know the people and lead them in the direction that God's uh, leading them in. But it, it says something about Bob Mercer. It also says something about our church, uh, uh, you know, personality that, we would be open to having a former pastor attend, but it says a lot about him in, in the sense that he was supportive. Right. You know, my predecessor uh, led Stuart Mulligan, and Bob Mercer was part of the church family. It just says something about our church community, that there's a maturity there to handle uh, even former leaders and not go to them or, or saying, wow, in your day, this is what we did. How come we're not doing that anymore? You know, playing into that kind of... Uh, of a, of a, you know, pride thing. Yeah. But with Bob Mercer, he just had a sense of, you know, he'd take m- my wife and I out every Christmas and, and we'd talk about the early days of the church, but he always would speak such support. He used to speak right into my life, Matt. He'd say, um, he'd say, you know, you're, 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 you're a, you, he, oh yeah. Matter of fact, he, he gave me a, a whole history of his life. He gave oh, me beautiful. a book where he signed, he says, you remind me, he said, of the Apostle Paul, the way that you teach and you lead. You know, he just kept affirming me, mm. um, and that was it would have been what he would he would have done that for my predecessor Stuart Mulligan. Right. It, it just tells you something about the man that it. You know how we say what's best for Christ Church? 
you know, in politics, in sports, in uh, the art world, often we look at um, people from the past and it's all about the, you know, the fragile ego and, 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 and sucking up to them and all this right. sort of stuff. It, it wasn't like that it, it, because this is the church. So that tells you something about um, in the DNA of the church too, mm. that there was a sense of what's best for your church, Jesus. And so Bob Mercer uh, lived that. That's beautiful. You know, what's best for Christ church. I guess you're you're in a seat now that's unique as well, even in our history, that uh, not only are you the previous lead pastor, but you're actually still on staff. Yeah, yeah. And what, what about the church uh, makes it healthy enough for you to be able to do that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a secure lead pastor and someone who's, I've led, I led the church for, a, 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 I can't remember how many years, I think it was 23 or 24, something like that. But uh, Pastor John and I did have a unique relationship. We worked together before. And so, uh, but it does take on my part, you know, a, a bit of just keep your mouth shut and your hands off and let the Lord lead the new leadership team and, and to be uh, a cheerleader and to, I'm always there for um, consultation and, uh, but it's usually just behind the scenes, you know, just, but it's always to strengthen the church so that if everyone wants what's best for the church, they're pretty well open to receiving input that would help the church do even better. So there's some leadership takeaways there that might even be transferable. I think when you're you're looking to empower new leaders, uh, I, I can see even in my own experience some of that being helpful for me when I'm trying to empower leaders to take my hands off, take a few steps back, and be ready to to consult. That's that's really good. Okay, so you we're going to be a little bit here and there just because of mm. some of this is my own personal curiosity coming out of some of the stuff we've talked about. And some of this is uh, areas that uh, maybe jump off of some of those that you shared. So for this one, for, for me, is from your own personal experience, um, you know, you've been following Jesus for a long time, and you talked about keeping your spiritual hunger. And mm-hmm. I think you were talking a bit in a, as a community keeping that, mm-hmm. but also personally, I'm sure there's an element to that. Mm-hmm. How do you keep your own personal spiritual hunger sustained like like what what are the practices that you engage in regularly like are are you up at six in the morning praying for three hours you know like what are you what are you up to do you know what i think it it, i think in jesus life and in ours it's it's this common denominator that you have to be giving to others Mm. because it's you're talking about you're talking about hunger now right yeah yeah so unless you're um Unless, if you're using up your energy <laughs> and you're exercising, and in the spiritual realm, you're giving to others, you get hungry for more. Right. Because uh, as long as I'm giving out, I'm going to be hungry. If I sort of think that it's just me and Jesus, and I have to create this hunger when I'm alone with him, man, it's going to be work. Right. But it's like Jesus. Remember how he'd get up early in the morning and pray? Um because he knew he was going to face the demands of that day. Well, every one of us, if we want to live for Jesus in the workplace or where we go to school or in our family, we're going to, we're going to be giving out 
and we want to give out Jesus' way, so we're going to be hungry for more of him, you know? It's yeah. not going off in a monastery somewhere, so oh, I'm hungering for you, God, so I spend, you know, my life alone with you. You know, I see Jesus' hunger for being with his Father from being uh, in a place where he's always giving out to others. Right. So he needed, he it needed was, the Lord. It was in preparation for giving that yeah. he was receiving. Yeah. So how is how has that changed for you? Do do you find that you're still doing the same things to to feed that hunger that you were doing ten years ago, fifteen years ago? Yeah, I mean, you always hear people say, "Get back to the basics, scripture and prayer." Well, like it, 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 it's basic, but it's also ever new because the Spirit has a way of um, making the scriptures come alive where you see stuff. You're at a different place in life, right? right? Ten years later, you're talking about ten years. So, so you see things from hopefully a more mature perspective, a different life stage perspective for sure, and you see stuff that that you never saw before. But also the Spirit of God can... Man, we're doing a series this summer at the church um, uh, bookmarked. Yeah. And, and I'm just thinking of just some of these phrases that I read in familiar passages that became so electric to my soul... Mm -hmm because yeah. of what I was going through. And yeah. God can use familiar scriptures we've traveled through before to say something brand new to us. So uh, that, that's that's the way I think, uh, I, I don't do anything different. Um, um, I, I love being in nature, mm. and I love being uh, in, in the presence of God in nature, you know? So yeah. I'm wired that way. Not everyone would depend on being in nature for as much of their uh, awareness of the presence of God as I do. Right. But I think we can all benefit from God being revealed in nature. But that was there 10 years ago. And, and I, I even get to do more of that now that yeah. I'm part-time and uh, get to live in an area which is uh, outside the city. And uh, I'm out there in nature quite a bit. So um, maybe just real quick, like nature, experiencing that, probably some what you would call a prayer walk type of thing. Totally. Yep. Um, what are one or two other things that you do in a week? Um, the You know what? Praying with my wife in the evening. I don't have evening meetings like I used to. I used to be at so many evenings, and praying together hmm. has been something that has been so... We always did it. Right. We'd sit out on the porch, you know, at a house that you'd be familiar with up in Markham, praying for our our teenage sons, you know, like, <laughs> like we had those years and it was precious, but now it's like, um, again, stage of life, r looking back on what's important. Now we have grand five grandchildren that we pray for. And, uh, so I think that's been pretty special. A gr praying together with your, if you have a Christian spouse and you can pray together with them about, uh, others and what you're, you're going through, that's, that's been a great, um, new addition and strengthening of our of of our walk with God, and it, it could be a, a roommate, it could be a, a friend from church too. Like if you're in a different stage of life, you're not married, mm -hmm. uh, praying with other people and someone that you kind of have a uh, a history with, a comfort, a closeness with that you can pray doesn't it doesn't uh, necess necessarily need to be a spouse, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, as long as it's someone, Matt, that is uh, on your side want what's best for you. They're not trying to spiritually control. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I'm thinking of... It has to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be a, a person that wants... Love is wanting God's best for someone else. 
Yeah. And if someone loves you, wants God's best, then then uh, you know, you hear some of these people that oh I've got my prayer partner and yeah. and you know it gets a bit weird sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so in in maintaining spiritual hunger, what how much of that is the individual's responsibility and how much of that is the responsibility of the church they attend? Yeah, when you're a baby Christian, yeah. The responsibility of the church is is higher, but the responsibility of the church, watch this, is to equip you to feed yourself. Right. You know, so the the older you get, and, and the the sign of maturity, it's the same in a biological family. You know, when a baby's there, you you feed them. Yeah. You know, you don't say, "Hey, uh, little toddler, go to the fridge and feed yourself." Yeah, you know? help yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you feed them, but they reach a stage of maturity where they feed themselves. Watch this now. Then they really are mature when they start feeding others. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So so the church, it's our, you know, you know how you get these churches where the they're, they're, the the leadership, it's almost like a codependency where they, you know, you come to me and give me your prayer requests, I'll bring them to God for you. Right. Versus what we do, because it's what Jesus told us to teach people, is to teach them to go to God for themselves. You know, yeah. same with scripture. For years, you know, you had to depend on the church. Even in the early church, a lot of people are illiterate. They they went and the Apostle yes. Paul wrote a letter and he read it to them and they depended on that. But then they would get in their groups and break it down and 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 uh, and apply it to their lives. And 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 that over the years, of course, before a printing press and, and now before, uh, you, you know, the electronic kind of media that we have for getting a hold of the scriptures, people couldn't, uh, they, they depended on leadership. But right. the 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 ideal for the church today is equip other people to feed themselves and then to equip them to feed others. Yeah, and just you made me think of like a a moment in history too. Stained glass windows in churches were a part of doing that. Yeah, telling that was the, so cool. Telling the story through visual images for yeah. people who couldn't read for themselves. Yeah. Anyway, that's a, a little bit of personal curiosity there. Okay, so we talked a lot the last few weeks about hearing from God, mm-hmm. discerning the truth from the false. Um, and uh, it, I want to talk a bit about some of your experiences hearing from God. Mm-hmm. Um, and what one that ties up perfectly into the, the weekend we just came from, you celebrated one of the characteristics about the church when it's healthy is that it cares about the next generation. Mm-hmm. And so just starting from that place, you care a lot about the next generation. Where did that come from for you? I... I... I don't know. It, it sort of would have come incrementally, I guess, but it's but it's it's right in the scripture that uh, I guess you know back in the Old Testament, Joshua. You know that verse kicked me in the spiritual guts where it said, mm-hmm. "A generation rose up that neither knew the Lord nor what He had done for Israel." You know, and I, you know, mm-hmm. all it takes is missing one generation for the church to disappear. Right, and it was that link in the chain there, and I thought, and then of course you get into Jesus, let the children come to me, and then you get into the, when the Holy Spirit's outpoured on the day of Pentecost, and and Peter says when he explains to the people what's going on here, he says this is what the prophet Joel talked about mm-hmm. that this is for your sons and your daughters, right? Yeah, and then later on at the end of it when they say, hey you know, when he shares the good news of what Jesus has done for them, they say, what shall we do? And one of the first things Peter says is, this is for your children too. This Mm. is for your children. So I guess, um, and then having children, 
Yeah. And and then, well, being a pastor, in a, in a, you mentioned the movement, Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, there's always been a focus on the next generation. Okay. I grew up in a church where they, they had children's ministries. They so prioritized youth, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so I, I, part of it has been modeled well for me and I brought it into my, my life and ministry, but I always feel like, okay, I didn't tell this story on, on, okay. on the weekend, but remember when we dedicated this whole, I don't know what is a third of our footprint here for the next generation. Right, yeah. Um, I think it was a, Next Gen Wing. I can't remember what year it was. 2013, I think. 2013? Yeah. And um, when, we, when we had that service, and then I had an elder or a pastor in every room leading that. in prayer, and I remember Pastor Jan saying, oh, Pastor Key, she said, you wouldn't believe the converge, the young adults at that time. They filled the room and they asked God to work in this place every time anybody meets in this room. And so yeah. it was a beautiful time. On the way out, and all these groups are just leaving, and there were hundreds of people filling the rooms yeah, and the big. expansion. Well, on the way out, there's this one woman, she, she said to me, and now I, I have to be careful because... Um, Jesus loves her, but she, 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 she turns to me on the way and she says, what are you going to do for the seniors? And it was like, it didn't pop my balloon because, but I did want to just shout back at her. If you're a mature senior, you want it to be about the next generation. Right. You know, yeah, you already had, you already had the moment when people bent towards you, <laughs> Yeah. And what you, right? do you think this, this room yeah. is for? You know, you've had, again, maturity is when we're there for the the next generation. And so it's come from all kinds of places, but certainly from the, the spirit of Jesus. Okay, so I want I want to jump off of Next Gen to a story that I remember you shared in that same season when we're building this new wing. And we there were some strange seasons where it felt like it was a little bit more than just practical setbacks. Yeah, yeah. And uh you're leading that and you're mm-hmm. carrying the weight of it. And uh, I'll set you up. I think you were driving south from the your your property in the north, mm-hmm. and you felt like yeah. something was really special happened. Yeah. Can you describe yeah. that? Yeah, because and again, it, it tells us a lot about how the Spirit will lead in our own lives. Number one, it wasn't for me okay. alone; it was for others. Yeah, and and you know we can get into that, but Matt, so many times when people talk about the spirit leading them, you listen to it and it sounds rather trivial <laughs> compared yeah. to, and, and almost selfish, self-centered, yeah. self-focused. When, when the spirit speaks to me, oftentimes it's, it, it's for me, but it's for me for others. Yeah. I was actually going to point to that. Like it, it's, it's, it's giving you the strength to do what you were talking about earlier. Like that, the, the things that make you hungry. Exactly. Right? And we, we didn't know the fate, the, the setbacks we were going to face in terms of delays and, and getting it through the municipality and and it wasn't the finances so much. I mean, right. they were it was a big chunk of money to build, but people in the church were giving and we already had money saved up. We were trying to be wise so it didn't affect yeah. our outreaches or anything we did for an orphanage overseas or yeah. or supporting people overseas that were bringing the good news to others. So I, I, it sort of hit me out of the blue, but I just remember I was listening to a program on CBC, an interview program, and I just remember just sensing this prompting, just shut off the radio. And and I, I have this little thing where I'll, I'll, I'll sort of say, yeah, and I'll go back three times. Okay. Because sometimes, I, yeah, I, listen, I come from a background there 
where when I was, I was so super sensitive, wanting to hear the voice of the spirit yeah. that I would, I would move, drive into um, Fairview Mall and say, okay, God, what parking spot would you, should I park? I mean, right, you know, yeah. now I know just stay out of the handicapped parking lots. You can park wherever you want, you know, <laughs> or park near the back. So you'll get your, force yourself to walk more, you know, right, but yeah. that's the spirit speaking. But I, I just, that sense, I drive by a street and um, see someone just standing there at a bus stop and, and, and put myself on a guilt trip. Should I go back and talk to them about the Lord? You know, maybe, is that the spirit? And I, I just had a hard time figuring out what is Keith Smith, his maybe sincere oversensitivity. Right. Or what is the spirit? So I, I just want to say, say say that, throw that in there. In that I, I've tried to learn That's the voice of the spirit. So it's not like, um, Keith, shut off the radio. I have something to say to thee. Yeah. It, it doesn't happen that way. Just the prompting. And I think, Lord, really? Really? Okay. And and I just remember, uh, I hope I can get through it without tears. I won't look at you. That'll help. Um <laughs> But I, 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 just, I just remember this. He said, I know, he said, Keith, I know your heart for the next generation. And I have opened before you a door that no one can shut, you know? Mm-hmm. And I haven't told that story for years. So you, you know that I'm remembering it because it was emblazoned on my, my heart and my spirit. And I thought, good, good. Open a door that no one can shut. And I'm thinking, well, the door's open. Like, we're, we've got the funds, we've got the plans, we've got the architect, we're moving. But then we face so many delays and setbacks. There are problems with uh, some of the so, people involved. So that was even before you experienced a lot of the setbacks. Yeah. Oh. And that's what I'm saying is so many times the Holy Spirit gives you something and you don't know what it's for at the time. Because right. it just seemed like, oh, this is nice to have. It was a nice to have. But later on, I needed to hear that. That echoes a lot of what Pastor Jessica said about one of those really spirit, spiritually powerful moments for her yeah. last week. Yeah, that. Um, so how you mentioned a little bit of that the three the three. So you just you you, you kind of ask God really three times. Is that yeah kinda? yeah because he's not um, you know I, I I hear people say oh I missed it I missed it, but I find there's probably too many people jump the gun and blame stuff. <laughs> on the Lord, that's really their own strong feelings. Uh, like sometimes we can feel stuff so strong, and it's something good. Yeah. But we need to go to the Lord because sometimes the Lord says no, or it's not the right time. You know. You know. I another story. Yeah. I sure. was I was talking to a fellow last week, one of the trades people that uh, came in and did the roofing on on yeah. our new place, and uh, got to know him. Quite, quite a character. Yeah, you've told me a bit about him. Uh, yeah. Special and, guy. <laughs> yeah, and and we prayed for him. We told him we were praying for him when he went into the hospital. and, and yeah. uh, But he's just uh, a hardy uh, redneck, can I say that? Yeah, well, that's what he has on the back of his Self-proclaimed. bumper. Self-proclaimed. Redneck. Yes, he does. He has on the back of his bumper. He says, McKellar redneck on his bumper. So if anybody's listening, they're going to know who I'm talking about. But they, they Ray won't mind me telling this story because we... He gave me this beautiful chair that he had built, a bench, and, and we have it in our screen room. And my wife and I were up to see him just a few days ago and visiting, 
And in the midst of it, he said, I want to show you a picture. And he showed me a picture of a rock carving he had done right in the woods, because like me, he just loves nature, right out in the woods. And and I forget what it, what did it say? Oh yeah, I am not dead. I am still here. Because he felt, and I asked him about that. And you, you know what? Right away, Matt, do you know what I wanted to say? The pastor yeah. in me? Yeah. I want to say, hey, Jesus will do better for you than that. You know, Jesus will do better than I'm not here. I'm in nature. I'm still around. Yeah, you yeah. know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I mean, he'll 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 do better than going back to Mother Earth. He he's got right. heaven for. And I so wanted to just. I had the Irish wit ready to go. I was ready to just say <laughs> something to him that was cutesy and clever, that would have got him thinking. But right then, and it was a moment. I just had something to say, and I could get away with it. But I sensed the spirit just saying, you know, hold. Just wait, wait, wait. And I felt, come on, I want, I got something. I want to say it, a witness, you know? Yeah. And a little while later, it came up in the, uh, he, he, I, I was just, we were talking a little bit but more about how that site was special to him. Mm. And he talked about how these gray jays came and, and, and landed right on his hand, were eating out his hand, how it's such a special place, how he senses such a peace there. Mm. And so I said, you, you, you know, you know, um, I've read that God reveals himself in nature. And you were you were you were sensing God there, Ray. You know? Oh, yeah. 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 I said your your spirit, you were you were designed for God. So your spirit was just automatically resonating to the beauty of nature and you were you were worshiping with your heart there. And he received that. And I know that's what he's gonna remember. Had I come up with a clever gospel mm. clip that <laughs> That was so easy for me to say earlier, but the the spirit interesting because I when I I was just praying that when I wait wait and then that other time came up and then he received it you could tell mm. you know so the spirit doesn't mind when we we um, it's not that we're being disobedient we're saying is this really you Lord yeah you know that's a valid question I mean I've had times where the spirit was speaking to me and I I I, I I'm sure I missed it and he had to. Keep coming back to me three times <laughs> with a little bit of a, uh, you know, uh, a, a kick on the spiritual can't, you know, where yeah, I say, yeah. I can't, I can't. And he, he came and he, and he said, you can, you know. So a, a couple of things that, like, I know it must, it's a hard for you to describe some of this stuff because it's internal um, and it's mystical in a sense, right? But um, when you say you go to God to check with him. Like what? What is that? What are you? What are you practically doing there? What is? What is the practice that you're yeah, doing? Yeah. Well, there? I maybe I said it wrong. I don't go to God. I'm in the sense that I'm always open. Yeah. But if I sense something that I should do, maybe you should talk to that person. Maybe you should say this. Maybe you shouldn't. That's what I'm talking about. I do that yeah. kind of conversation. Sure. You know, really, really, Lord, do you, do you want mm. me to? You know, sometimes I say no, and He says yes. Sometimes, like I just gave an example, of, I want to go ahead and do something, and he says, wait. And he gives me the right moment to say what, is, what he What does that to. feel like? Um, it's almost like, um, like, you know when you're fishing? Maybe that's a, a bad illustration for some people, but <laughs> you feel a little tug. <laughs> maybe some people have been fishing on Wii or like held a, I, I know what you're saying. If you've held one of those like haptic control or even like on a phone yeah. and it does a little <laughs> Yeah, you you feel you, there's just that little tug. Sometimes you just know whether you're caught on grass or a log or whether mm. it's really something live on the other end. Right. 
And it's just about like that. Like when I, I remember one time I was um, just a young pastor in Edmonton and I was speaking and I had these three points in my teaching time and I'm up there teaching and I'm, I, I, I just sense warn them about the Mooney cult. And I'm thinking, where did that come from? Hmm. But I'm, and I'm speaking. Yeah. I've got interrupted my you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, th three times I said, Lord, really? And I just felt an urgency. And so uh, that's where the three time thing, Lord, really? And so I just made it fit in the moment. And I, I just said, you know, if, and here's how I said, I said, if I had doing a fourth point in this message, it would be this. And it was about from Hebrews about let us hold unswervingly to the faith. Let us not give up meeting together. Some and and you know I can remember it. Uh, this moment is even though it was decades ago. But in that moment, I, I said, for, for instance, we need to hold unswervingly to the faith. There are cults out there. You know there there's uh, there and I began to rhyme some off. And this Mooney cult was really controlling people. You know mm. and their decisions in life about marriage and everything. It was a really controlling thing. And it was a big thing at, at that time. You probably haven't even heard of them, but it was a big... Guess what? Every person that left that service, and we had two morning services, but it was only the one where I had said that, that there were little brochures under everybody's windshield when they went out, inviting them to the Mooney Convention held at the Edmonton Convention Center. I wow. didn't even know what was going on. Wow. You know, So there's times where, again, God spoke to me, but it was for the benefit of others, mm. you know, and, 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 and he didn't mind if I said, God, is this really you? You know, he just, he amped up the urgency until I just found some way to just sort of get it out there. So I, I think that applies to people's lives, you know, because um, we can put ourselves under guilt trips because we don't speak to everybody we, that comes across our pathway or leave the day saying, oh, I had that opportunity. Just pray, ask the Lord to open up another opportunity. You know, he, he's, he's not like, um, you know, three strikes and you're out God. He, he just mm. keeps, he wants, he, we're children, we're growing, we're learning, and he wants to teach us to use the gifts. Okay, I really like what you're saying there, and I think this, this is a pattern I'm kind of discerning through some of your stories, through some of Pastor Jessica, some of my own experiences, that when, when we feel like, um, uh, I th yeah, we can transplant some of our earthly relationships onto God sometimes and expect him to come to us and say, do this. Mm -hmm. And we get one shot at it, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to use someone else. Yeah, you blew it. Or we expect if we miss that one moment that God's will isn't going to be done. Mm -hmm. Like, he mm -hmm. depends on us. Mm -hmm. it, it's this beautiful partnership. We talked about that a lot last week where God chooses to, to uh, in, in a sense, I don't mean this in a bad way, he lowers his standards to include us so that it can be a partnership. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? I, yeah well, God draw straight lines with crooked sticks, right? Right, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, also that it doesn't have to be perfect the first time. You know what I mean? Like that that you can be patient. You don't have to feel like um, any any one yeah. little thing. Yeah, and I do think the best, and you have kids, so you'll totally get this. When you see your kids trying to do something and they mess up, yeah. but they're trying, you don't beat them up or, 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 or say, you know, you, you blew it, you can't get this. You, you, you maybe coach them a bit, but you help them try again until they, they, they get it. You know, we're, we're the children of God, and it doesn't matter whether we're a leader in the church or how many years we've lived for the Lord, 
we're still his children and he still wants to uh, to teach us. And I think you've discerned the voice of God because he often sounds like himself. <laughs> totally. Right? Yeah, that's what's what, and I think Jessica picked up on that too with one of her illustrations, but I talked about when my dad worked for the Canadian Mint yeah. and when he did the fraud course with the RCMP in his work that he spent more time getting to know the real thing, Yeah, you know? And sometimes when you, when you, when you, and how do you know the voice of Jesus? People say, well, how do you get to know? I do, do I really get alone with him and, and, and get him to talk and talk? And then I get from No, no, no. You, you look at what he's already said. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys yeah, cover yeah. that last week. Like yeah. you look at what he said. It's worth the, recovering. <laughs> yeah. You look at what he already said in the Bible yeah. and then, then it helps you because you get to know what Jesus would remember those bracelets. What would Jesus do? And, yeah. What would Jesus say? What would Jesus want to happen in this situation? You get to know it by looking at what Jesus did in those people's situations. And if it doesn't look or smell like Jesus, it isn't Jesus, you know? See, he'll never contradict himself. God will never speak to someone and say, go do this if it's something that um, is inconsistent with what he's already said, you know, yeah. in the Bible to people, and, and especially the New Testament, you know? So what about the flip side? What if it's something that seems good, and you feel like God's saying no? Yeah, that's that's tough. I've, I've been there. You know, um, yeah, and, and you were around on the scene, at least in the same household, um, but we, we always, Matt, wanted to live and be British Columbia. Yeah. You know, my, my, dad, my parents had moved out there. My more siblings were out there than were... We, we never grew up... You know this because you grew up in my home, but we never had relatives around us, no matter what city we lived in, Edmonton, Ottawa, and Toronto. We just did not have family. And so we thought, wouldn't it be great if, uh, wouldn't it be great, Lord, if, <laughs> if our children, at least some of their lives, could have grandparents around, yeah. not just visiting once every year or two. And... Um, so, because babysitting is expensive, you know, no, <laughs> no, but, you know, would, wouldn't it be great? And so when this, when churches from British Columbia would call a search committee looking for a new pastor, we'd always especially listen to those from British Columbia. And there was this one that uh, called, and matter of fact, the, 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 the when I, I met with them and, and we so wanted to go. And they so wanted us. Here's what the chairman said to me. You know, big businessman in the city. He said to me, he said, he said, we've decided we're not going any further in our search until you say yes. Well, I mean, talk about, that's how strongly they felt that I should go. A little bit of pressure there. Yeah. So I, we wanted to go. Everything was there. But you know what the problem was? <laughs> Every time I'd pray about it, I didn't want to hear it, but I get this big, sense that I'd be doing something wrong if I said yes. Everything was green light. We had had a wonderful season of ministry in Ottawa. We led the church through a challenge. We were on the other side of it. Everything just said yes, except the Holy Spirit. Guess what? Um, uh, I can't remember how long after that, but... Uh, a man by the name of Charles Yates called hmm. from the city of Toronto. The church was called Agent Corp Pentecostal Church, and the search committee wanted to know if they could meet with us because Pastor Stuart Mulligan had resigned, and they're looking for a new lead pastor. And I said, no. You know why? We were never going to raise our kids in Toronto. 
<laughs> you know, so in the natural, no, 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 we, it wasn't what we wanted in the natural at that time. But you know what? When we prayed about it, it's what the Spirit said. And, you know, this is, I don't know if this is God's humor or what, Matt, but guess what I was teaching on in Ottawa at the time at the church? I was teaching a series from the life of Moses. Okay. And where, you know, God said, I want you to go to, to Pharaoh and all this. And, and I was that very week when Charles Yates called and I gave him the no, I went back and I just felt sick because I was in the scriptures and I saw all the times Moses just, God would say go and he would say no. <laughs> and I hadn't even really prayed it through. Mm. And when I prayed, and so I, I finally said, okay, we, we'll meet with the uh, search committee. And we did. And, and, and you know, I, I don't want to hurt any Torontonians, but we didn't want to come. And we wanted to go to British Columbia, but we had been told no, yes. But look at the trajectory of our kids' lives of, um, man, Matt, we would not have traded these years at this, what's called now One Church TO. Like, there's been such special years. You know, I think of the, the hundreds of people that have come to know Jesus that I've had the privilege of, of, of praying with and seeing them discipled and, and growing and hear from them every week, you know, and, and to hand the reins over to Pastor Jonathan and see the church go on to uh, the next chapter and with me as uh, hopefully the main cheerleader, you know. Yeah. So God knows what he's doing when he says no <laughs> and when he says yes. That's, that's really good. And I, I think that anyone making a decision will have some of those moments. Now, did you, you mentioned praying with, with your wife regularly. Was, was she part of the, the, that discernment process with you? Like, did you guys each carry that decision making? Oh, yeah. How even, did you work together? Because I think community a, is such a big piece of this, right? Yeah, yeah. But pretty well, that's all. When you're, if you have someone walking really close to you as a pastor, but you know most of the people walking close to me were were uh, in leadership yeah, have, in the church. That that's uh, yeah. You have to be careful. Yeah, yeah, right, right. But with my wife, we even had a code name for the church in British Columbia, so that you guys, as our kids, would not know what we were talking about in the home. Right, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe my dad, I think, although he would have been very biased, wanted yeah, to get us out yeah. in BC, but. Maybe uh, we had them praying about it, or just probably a, about a church that's called us that we feel we maybe uh, it's it's a we would love to go and pray with us about it. You know, we may have said that, but uh, yes, yeah, so I even remember when we came to uh, Toronto because you guys were in your your well, how old were you when we moved to Toronto? Early teens, I was or? grade five, so oh, 11, 10, somewhere yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. Okay, preteen. So. Um, Shows you what I know about <laughs> ages and, yeah. Uh, uh, we all have our blind spots. but uh, I know you love me. <laughs> but I remember meeting in the room even after the people voted because I asked you guys to pray about it with us. Yeah. And you knew we were com what we were coming to Toronto for. Explained to you as best could for that age and stage of your life. But I remember even when the vote came in, 97%, and I still met with you guys, and I said, you know, okay, just leave. And I asked the... Uh, chair of the, it's probably Charles Yates and others, that the deacon board, if they could just leave and leave us a little family time before I went out to, to, to respond to the people's um, uh, invitation yeah. as members of the church. And I, I said, okay, you guys good? I don't remember what you said at the time. Yeah, 
I don't. I remember the moment. I don't remember yeah. any of the specifics. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. No, it just uh, again, I'll have to look away. Just a real look <laughs> of sincerity and just a, a precious trust. Because it was you guys having to trust the Lord. Remember that song they used to sing when we were. I pledge allegiance to yeah, the yeah, Lamb yeah, with yeah. all my life, with all I am. Well, I'd look in the back uh, rearview mirror, and your hands were up, just singing that to the Lord. Yeah, commit because it was your future too that you were trusting the Lord. It's a moment with. of surrender for all of us. It right? was. Yeah, yeah. It was. And uh, you know, my family is more important than the church, and so I was. I was uh, practicing that even in that moment, trying in the uniqueness of a pastoral family going. You know, but I think all whatever your vocation is. You know, the Bible says promotion is of the Lord, but the timing of it and the place of that is not always just, just because it's a promotion doesn't mean it's of the Lord. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you have to pray because sometimes he says no, sometimes he says yes, sometimes yeah. he says wait, sometimes he says you got to be kidding. Yeah, right? <laughs> I knew that one was coming. <laughs> so what What about, um, I, I'd love to, we, we would, uh, probably this is one of the areas we'll probably want to dive in and the follow podcast late, later on in a, a future season, but um, discerning and using spiritual gifts. Sometimes people will come to you and they'll say, "God told me something about." Oh yeah. So um, how does how is how do you handle that differently than maybe when God feels like He's speaking to you directly? And and what's the difference there? Yeah, I, I, people need to be so careful of someone that comes to them and say, "God told me." Number one. Be careful because people that are quick to say God told me are often people that can be manipulating spiritual language to try and get something for themselves. I've had people, like I, I, grown professional adults, but they're so wanting, to, they're a bit like me when I was uh, uh, in my late teens praying over what parking spot should I park in, Lord? You know, this right. is so sincere, but oversensitivity, looking for the Spirit to speak where he, he just said, find your own parking spot kind of a thing. But they, they were told, God, get this, God told me that uh, that jewelry you're wearing, that you're to give it to me. And they did. And really? They did. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, uh, crazy that, not crazy in the one sense, but blasphemous, really, yeah. that someone would use God's name to manipulate to someone. To rob to get someone. To, yes, yeah. yeah. And uh. then... Look at the gullibility or vulnerability of this person trying to please the Lord. Well, if God, if you said I should do it, then I better right. do it. That's how cults start, right? Yeah. That's why it's so important to learn to go to the Bible and to the Spirit for ourselves, you know? So most times when people say, I, I've had people sit across from me and say, I'm not, this is not me speaking. This is what God told me to say. And it's written down everything. And I, you know what I do in that situation? I encourage people to do it when someone says, God told me, and they're, they're feeling, man, doesn't sound like God saying that to me. Yeah. This doesn't ring true to the voice that I've gotten to know, yeah. Jesus' voice. Um, you know, so I remember opening up the, um, the scripture, and because Jesus said, not everyone who claims to be in speaking my name is. And, and, and I open up the scripture, I think it's 1 Thessalonians where Paul says, um, don't despise prophecies. You know, some of that feels they have something from God to say, but it should build up, right, if it's a prophecy yeah, yeah. in the New Testament context. But that's that's important. It should build up. That's one Definitely. test right there that you Definitely. Oh, Sorry, yep. keep going. Yep. Just wanted... And then it says, test the Spirit. 
test the spirit. And then it says this, hold on to the good. You know, mm. I interpret that, eat the watermelon and spit out the seeds. <laughs> yeah. You're like, hold on to the good, but don't be, Jesus said that there's going to be a lot of deception. And he talks about it in the church context. And I find, Matt, that you, you've grown up with me. You've been in every church I pastored. How many times have you ever heard me say, the Lord told me to tell you, or Zero. God said? Zero, right? Yeah. And yet I have experienced some of the most um, amazing interventions of the Spirit in my own life where, uh, I mean, I've got one story that I never even told the deacons in Edmonton, and yet it just opened right up the building program just exactly as I had seen in a vision without me saying a word. Right. And I, I didn't even, because I could have uh, jumped in there and said, God gave me a vision, and right. this is what the building is to look like. And no one can say, say no to that. Exactly. Or, or it's hard yeah. to even discern. They can't even discern in them because then yeah. they're anti-pastor, right? Yeah. So I, I just prayed. I said, Lord, thank you for giving me this so I know where to go, but tell me when to share it with others, you know? Mm. So uh, we need to really discern there in that whole area of God speaking, who is the audience, you know? Yeah. And to not not say God told me, uh, I, I, I honest, I used the word blasphemy earlier, and yeah. I really, I think that Jesus would call it that too, because he said, there'll be those that say, Lord, in your name, yeah. we saw people delivered from evil powers. In your name, we saw these supernatural things occur. And he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. And the key word there is no, new, right? Yeah. Did, they didn't have that relationship with him. They were doing it for their own uh, self-advancement, right? according to Jesus, versus doing it for the good of others, the, the good of the church. And the hard thing with, with some of that is some people don't realize their motives are clouded. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. there's a lack of self-awareness that that might be hard to discern through, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're all broken, yeah. and, and we, are, we don't always hear right. Now, everything we're saying so easily ties into where I want to kind of close today's conversation. Uh, on, on our history wall, we've got um, a quote from you that you use in a lot of leadership conversations, and we still reference it. I, I'm, I'm in some of those leadership conversations these days, and we still reference it, this axiom, what's best for Christ's church? And like every word is so carefully chosen in that. Very much. Um, you, you have worked really hard to be Christ-centered, and I think even some of the discernment that we're talking about the Holy Spirit brings attention. One of His role, main roles is to bring attention to Jesus, to bring totally. our awareness and and mm -hmm. our, our reflection back to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so, when we're at, when we're at our best, we are about Christ. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm I'm whether whether it's that axiom. If you want to jump off on that, that's great. But you mentioned that a, a church that is centered on Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, and I think people are centered on have a choice to be centered on Jesus as well. And in just a couple ways that you're thinking about it right now, what does that look like? Because that is a it's a fuzzy statement. We can interpret yeah. that a number of different ways. Right. What does it mean to be Christ-centered? Yeah, I think where it comes from is where Jesus is the son of God, the almighty one, the E eternal God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Isaiah gives them all these names. I mean, he's just, there's no one greater, higher, he is God. 
And, um, you know, even that's what he was crucified for, right? He called himself the son of God, make himself equal to God, you know? Yeah. Philippians, remember in that beautiful song that the early Christians I love that would, would passage, you wrote a yeah. song on yeah. that passage, yeah. you know, that brings that out, that he did not consider equality with God something he had to reach for. Yeah. He was God, yeah. but he clothed himself in human flesh. So he clothes himself and he shows up on the planet and he says to his followers, the son of man, that's a messianic title referring to him as, you know, the son the of king, God. A king title, right? Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he's the king of the universe and he comes down to the planet earth and he says, the son of man did not come to be served. Yeah. I didn't come to be served. You know, come on, be part of my church, serve me. You right. know, sort of like the some of the... North American or Western Christian, or even in Africa, you can, all around the world, there are these exalting of leaders, exalting of right. leaders. Bit you know? of an honor culture, right? Yeah. yeah, it happens for so many reasons, but maybe in every area of the world it's happened. But for every one where often, that happens. Like I've, I've, even recently, I've, I've had some conversations with people who mean well are, are trying to honor a, a leader in a way, though, that it actually kind of raises the attention onto that leader as opposed to onto Christ. Onto Jesus, exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly, and that's a good, there's the distinction right there um, because it's it's right to encourage one another, to build one another yeah. up in the Affirm most holy and faith. and show yeah. gratitude. There you go. Yeah. But it's when flattery, is it sort of between flattery and, and, and sincere encouragement, right? Yeah. You know, one is so that uh, to build up your ego, the other one is to build up your character, right? Yeah. So anyway, Jesus says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but then he says, but to serve, to serve right. you, and to give his life a ransom for many. So when I'm teaching pastors, sometimes doing seminars across the country, I'll sometimes say, who the heck do we think we are sometimes, you know? Because we, we get sucked into this culture. You know, Jesus said, don't lord it over them as the Pharisees do, Right. you know? He, but, he, but he said, serve, serve. And I feel I've been given a pastoral, a leadership gift, a teaching gift, administrative. I've given gifts, but they are all to serve yeah. the body of Christ, you know? Because if Jesus, the king of the universe, comes and says, I'm here to serve you, then who do we think we are if we don't uh, submit to him and do for people what he did, serve them? And so that's right. Yeah. So that's what's best. What's best for Christ's church? Mm -hmm. Not just for that church, for Christ. It's his church. Not our church. Exactly. How can I serve into the the objectives, the plan, uh, the the best that Jesus wants for his people? Sorry, I should clarify. It's not our church in terms of uh, uh, ownership. It is our church in terms of belonging. Definitely. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, so not one, not a leadership That's a good team, not yep. a board, not a lead pastor, you got not it. a staff. It's not theirs to own uh I, you know we talk about this all the time with pastor pastor jonathan when we're at a church we need to have open hands as leaders mm -hmm. because if we close our fist around something then when god has to pull it out of our hands we we experience that correction yeah. in a painful way yeah but when we're open-handed then then when our time is done or when we we need to move on to something else or whatever we experience gratitude we experience you know, even some of the stuff you talked about, uh, how when when you you handed leadership off to Jonathan, mm -hmm. um, you had to do that with an open hand for it to be healthy, right? Totally. But but you have to want what's best for Christ Church. 
Yeah. You know, for, for, and, and that it just, you, you talk about that being like, a, um, you know, one of these uh, profound statements, but it, it really does uh, trickle into every area of my life and, and ministry. Every decision I've made, uh, I, I want what's best. I, I have a fear of God in me. Yeah. You know, uh, reverence, well, not, like, not the fear. He's I'm, I love him. He's the king. Right? There you go. Yeah. 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 And so there's that sense Jesus, this is your church. How can I best lead in this moment? What's the best decision that I can make here? And I love unity amongst the leadership, and, and uh, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's people a great can, statement. Yeah. People can sense when you love them. I've got little kids that, you know, they'll, they'll just come to me. They, People can tell when they are loved, genuine love, not just, I love you, you know, and saying all the right things, but uh, what was that, Animaniacs? I love you, bye-bye. You know, like, <laughs> just it just sort of just gets said as a, but people can tell when you love them because you're, 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 you're acting, you're sacrificing to bring about God's best in their lives. Yeah. Okay, I want to close with this. Uh, I think it, it has a beautiful tone that has some of us somewhat of a summary of what we've been talking about but it's right from this past weekend you crafted a prayer that you led us in oh yeah yeah and i kind of want to put you on the spot with this because even in rehearsal i sense some emotion in you as you're reading through it yeah uh and i don't know if you have it in front of you i could i could throw i could read it to you if you want yeah um, go ahead but i need I, I would love for you to say like what 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 about it is hitting you at your heart? What, why does it mean so much to you? Well, is that, I, you know, Jesus, we thank you for blessing us for 66 years. You know, the, the, just thankful for, for, and we want to be the kind of unstoppable church yeah. that you can, that you raised us up to be in this generation. But then I think it was, uh, what was the third line? So, there? May so it in always... 2023, yeah. we hunger for more of you and we, and we share your heart to reach more people for you. Because that's what the Acts Church did. And what's yeah. the next line then? May what's happening always fit yeah. what you raise your church up to be. Yeah. I, that's the heart for the future. You yeah. know, may, may, well, how did it go at the beginning there? May, may what, what's happening may what's always happening fit. Always fit. Yeah. Because so many churches have lost their way, right? Mm. But you don't lose your way if you keep on doing what Jesus raised us up to do, you know, the methods change, yeah. but the, the mission doesn't. And Jesus centered and all those six characteristics we talked about that we see in the Acts church that we see, thankfully, in our one church DO today. But that, I guess it just, yeah, I had I, written the prayer earlier that week and I was in rehearsal and, and I was saying the prayer to so that people would know what the cue is to get ready to go into yeah. the next part of the... Um, service and and I was reading the prayer and it, and it just it, it it wasn't something that came from my head it came yeah. from my heart for this yeah. church and its future yeah so I, like I mean I don't I don't want to pull you into something but what it, what it, where does what is that place it's coming from what is the what is the picture in your mind that you're seeing when you're feeling those emotions what is the what is because it fe feels to me if I can read into it that you feel like there's almost there's always great opportunity and there's great <laughs> missed missed opportunity I guess yeah 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 and I yeah I think you said it well I I just you just 
Jesus himself had to do course corrections to his church before the first century was out. Remember the yeah. book of Revelation? <laughs> yeah. Seven course corrections he does. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, the one of them, you know, you've lost your first love. He yeah. says, repent and redo the things you did at first. Yeah. You just feel that, oh, church, keep me centered. Keep doing what I put, left you on earth to do. Yeah. And I guess that's the heart of Jesus was coming through me there, just saying, may this church always fit into what you raised up your church to be on earth, you know, from now until you return, Lord. Yeah. And we want that for One Church TO. We want that for so many churches around the world. We yeah. uh, we don't consider ourselves to be the ones who get it right. No. Right? We we just, we want to just be about Jesus, and we're, we're for every community that has that on their heart. Yeah. Any church that does stuff, the same mission, but does stuff different from us, style, approach, personality, they're going to reach people that we'll never reach. Right. And so we we celebrate. We thank God for them. Well, I, this is this is good. I I I loved hearing some of your own heart and and what you carry. And you know, I, I'm your kid. I, I, I've I've been able to to see you kind of live this out in other areas of your life, other than just what's on a platform. Um, I've been on staff with you, and I've been able to see you do this in places where you're making leadership choices that, again, aren't for Keith, they're for, for Christ. And so, yeah, uh, for what it's worth, thank you. And uh, I hope that not just church leaders, this isn't a conversation just for church leaders. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could help some, yeah. but um, this is a conversation for Christ followers. Totally. And that's what we're trying to do on this follow podcast, is for people who are hungry. Mm-hmm. You, you have a sincere relationship with Jesus, and I want that for people. I want that for myself. I want that for my kids. I want that for for the people that we connect to in lobbies and and uh, in chat rooms. This is the, this is what we want for people more than anything else is their own their own sincere relationship and connection to the King, mm-hmm. serving them with mm-hmm. all their hearts. And and, and you know uh, it, how it means the world to your mother and myself that to see the next generation raising their children with that same sense of. It's not about going to church, about living for Jesus every day yeah. and serving him in his church. You have no idea. I, you, ra- you were raised with hearing, to whom much is given, much is required. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know? So, you know, you guys have been blessed, but you, you, have, you have taken that blessing and, and, and gone places with it, even beyond what my giftings could do or my capacity. And it just means the world to see you as the next generation, raising the next generation to have that, uh, keeping it real with Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what we're trying to do on this podcast. And thank you for having this open and honest conversation, Keith. I really appreciate it. And for everybody who's joined us, thank you for being a part of this conversation. Hey, keep those questions coming. Uh, it might be in a comment on this video if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, there's a link in the show description if you're, if you're listening on your favorite podcast player. Um, there's even a website you can check out. Uh, there's a link to, and you could submit your own question. Uh, there's 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 a lot of ways that you can do that because we don't want this to just to be a uh, a table conversation between two people or three people. We want this to be a community conversation. So keep keep uh, submitting those questions. We love them, and uh, we we can't wait to have the final conversation for this series, uh, this season number two uh, of authentic conversations uh, next week. And uh, we already got plans for season three. Uh, we'll give you a little bit of a taste of that next week. But uh, thank you for being here. We will see you next week. Bye.